Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome, guys. Welcome to a Patreon-exclusive episode of Two Buck Girls, One Rose, where together we'll uncover what we can learn about modern dating, love, and relationships from popular television. I'm Natasha, and my dear friend Justine is out this week, guys, um, but I am joined by a special guest host. She is an unscripted television expert. Every week on her podcast, she interviews directors, producers, reality stars from reality TV and gets us all of the inside scoop and behind the scenes of some of our favorite shows. She's also a member of Bachelor Nation and is going to help me parse through today's Bachelor in Paradise episode. Please welcome the host of Reality Life Podcast, Kate Casey. Hi. Good. (laughs) Welcome, welcome. So we were just talking off air. She's a fellow East Coast girl, so mm-hmm. we're in good company, people. We're in good company. <laughs> <laughs> now, right. yes, on your on your podcast, you've interviewed a lot of people. Who's your favorite person you've ever interviewed? Uh, too hard to say. Kind of changes too. Mm. Um, the ones that stand out for me are not necessarily like a reality tv person they're more mm-hmm. people that i've had to do but that are actually from documentaries probably like okay. there's uh like one that really stands out for me um is a, mm-hmm. the woman who a woman who survived ted bundy's attack she's one of the sorority sisters at florida state university wow. and she, she walked me through the 15 minutes that Ted Bundy was in the sorority house and how he had like broken in. Uh, he didn't even actually br- break in because the, the, mm-hmm. the lock was broken and he grabbed a piece of wood mm-hmm. and he went through, through, through the door and he went up the back stairwell. Jeez. And as he went up the stairwell, he had unscrewed the light bulb. So no one, could turn oh, the lights on. Okay. And he went to one room and killed the girl across the hall, killed another girl. And then he got to her room. She had a roommate and he had used the wood and was bludgeoning them. And then one of the sorority sisters God. had come home and mm-hmm. the lights had shone into the into that room mm-hmm. and he got mm-hmm. spooked. And that's why he ran out of the, oh, he the room. So those two girls survived. And one thing she said to me Jeez. was that she purposely took a job at a um, at a lumber yard for two reasons, to get over the smell of wood and mm. to get past the fear of 
being confronted by a strange man. So she took a job as a cashier. Oh, and I have never God. forgotten that. I, I I like still think about that all the time. And the other one yeah. was there's a docu-series on Netflix called Surviving Death. And each oh, episode I kind of explores something different. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was the one episode about reincarnation. It was all kids mm-hmm. that had had yes. memories of the reincarnation. Right. And they interviewed somebody who I had read a book about 20 years before. Mm-hmm. And I interviewed the father. And it was a little boy that completely had memories of being a World War II pilot. Mm-hmm. I remember that kid. And the story's mm-hmm. really wild. And the take one of the things that he said in that interview with me, <coughs> excuse me, mm-hmm. He had chosen specific G.I. Joe, um, you know, little G.I. Joes. Mm-hmm. And the little boy had like a redhead, a, you know, I don't know, like they all had specific looks to them. Mm-hmm. And he asked his son, what, what are the names of the G.I. Joe? And he said, Walter Leon and Billy, which are very specific names. Right. And he asked, well, why did you name them that? And he said, oh, because they're the ones who met me in heaven. And then he looked back at the names <laughs> of people that the man that he believed his son mm-hmm. had been in a previous life. And those right. were the names of other wow. pilots that died. And Jesus. another thing he said was um, his wife had asked the little boy, what's God like? And he said, he's everything you want him to be when you need it. Mm. And like mm. that stayed with, that stayed with me too. Oh, so yeah. sometimes it's like the dark ones that stay with me more, but right. in terms of reality show, um, I really actually ended up liking Mike the Situation from Jersey Shore. Okay. Oh. I thought he would just be like this Guido, you know, but he was (laughs) actually quite introspective, which I thought was great, but he had also been off television for a little bit and he said, God, Kate, I was a dumbass. I I, I let my brother handle all my finances and Mm -hmm. I was totally Mm -hmm. high in a lot of those scenes where I was disrespectful and... Right. I I sometimes really like to go back and interview people that have been off TV for a little while because mm-hmm. uh, I think that they have much more perspective. And uh, as we will yeah. talk in this episode, I'm sure is that mm-hmm. when people are in the that tornado of a reality show, they often lose complete sense of themselves because they become right. captivated by fame and what they think their career might be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it isn't until they kind of leave that tornado that they get um, some clarity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit of a moment to self-reflect. Like, what the hell did I just... What was that tornado I was just in? (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. How do I... Surviving Death, I love that series. If you haven't uh, watched that one, guys, definitely tune in. That's a good one. The, um, I think it's the opening episode about near-death experiences. The woman in the kayak. I interviewed one of those women. Oh, you did? Oh, I interviewed the woman who who died during childbirth. Stephanie Arnold. Yes. She was the one that was on the... um, she was on like the hospital bed and she's like yeah. detailing she everything said, I know happening. I'm going to die. I, and yeah. She kept telling everybody, I know I'm going to die. The mm. other thing that stayed with me about mm. that one was um, the parents that lost their son. He, he had he'd been hit by a bike mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they kept asking him for signs and they kind of, the father had been writing down notes. He kind of like heard things in his head and he had written right. something down and then he got frustrated. He was like, yeah, I don't know what's going on. And he kind of put it away. Two weeks later, they get a package in the mail and the mother had been like an art teacher and a former mm-hmm. student had sent her a picture of an angel in kind of red flowing. Mm-hmm. And he ran mm-hmm. back to his notes and then last note that he wrote was, I am red. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Eerie. Yeah. Very, really good doc yeah. series. If you guys haven't seen that, I would actually want to rewatch that, that one. 
Um, okay, so I have some other fun questions for you. The the real world. This is one of my favorite all time. Oh, too. Yeah. Like not even reality shows, like TV shows. Period. Absolutely. Um, it's con- is it considered the first? Would you say it's the first? Well, one? there was a documentary in the seventies that kind of was the precursor to that. But okay, it, I think you know, in terms of like a a series, a reality television series, yes, mm-hmm. for the sure. First. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you have a favorite season of The Real World? Um, I liked New York because it was the first, but I, I was also mm. really compelled by the San Francisco season for the Pedro Zamora yeah. um, story. story. I, I thought that, and I think that history has kind of proven that, and President Clinton said it in his own remarks, that mm. Pedro's story completely shifted the way people thought about living HIV. with HIV. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that we can never lose sight of the power of television mm-hmm. and storytelling too. Absolutely. And I, I and I get ang- angry, not angry, but I get bothered when people kind of uh, put down reality television. Right, and like, the, like some of the brow. smartest people I mm-hmm. know watch reality TV because it's just a study of human behavior. Absolutely, yeah. And we learn so much about ourselves and other people in the process. Like another great show. Well, it was great for a little while, but I, I mm-hmm. Shaw's of Sunset. I always use it as an example because oh, you know there mm-hmm. are people. In my mind, the best unscripted television shows take you into another person's life mm-hmm. and maybe another pocket of the world and you're learning about their life and the, their own you know, lens that they look at life. And Shaw's of Sunset, there are people that probably watched that show had never met anybody who was Persian. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there was an episode, should have gotten an Emmy, where they went to Turkey because they obviously couldn't go to Iran. Mm-hmm. And they went and met with relatives in Turkey and actually went to towards the border of Turkey and Iran. And they're standing there and they're weeping and talking mm-hmm. about their their parents' experience having to flee during the Re- Iranian Revolution. Right. And that is really, that's a shift-making experience for people. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. show, because of it, people suddenly felt like, oh, I, I know more about this culture and it actually is very similar to mine. And mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. they pay attention to when it's like Nowruz, which is the Persian you know, New Year. So right. I, mm. again, really feel like unscripted television has been very helpful in transcending people's views of other people and cultures. Mm-hmm. For sure. When you mentioned Shaw's, I think, I honestly think it was Shaw's where I first learned that there was a Jewish population there's a, a population oh, yeah. of Jewish Persians. I don't Very even think small. I knew that before. Yeah, before yeah. watching shows. You know, it's a great one uh, to a docu series to watch. Mm-hmm. I, r- I really recommend. Like, if you like a docu series where you're like, I feel like I went to college. You know, when you're like mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. deep dive a subject, I'm learn something. <laughs> Hostages on HBO is about Ooh, the okay. the radical students in Iran that overtook the American embassy. And they wanted to basically take. Oh. The embassy employees hostage for like 48 hours. It ended up being like 300 days. But the first episode kind of sets the tone of like what was happening before the Iranian revolution. And then it kind of tells that story and what happened after. Mm -hmm. It feels like a college class. Mm, Okay. I'm writing that one down right now. Hostages, HBO. Thank you. Um, On the topic of H on um, the topic of the real world. I also thought, um, I think it's Philadelphia. Karamo. Karamo. Yeah. His story as a, I guess, presenting straight black man. 
Sure, yes. Coming out as gay, that also made a lot of people think. Shift making. Totally shift our thoughts on what a gay man. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Justine, there's something I gotta get off my chest, girl. Tell me. I've been low-key struggling with my relationship with my phone and social media just the over accessibility these devices create, this addiction to Instagram, mm-hmm. the distraction from everyday life and the people closest to me, it's been really stressing me out. I'm not even gonna lie. Mm. I mean, that makes sense. Content overload is very real and staring at everybody's highlight reels can be overwhelming mm. and can absolutely steal your joy and peace. Yeah. We carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively Therapy is a safe space to get those things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. You all know we're huge advocates of therapy. We talk about it all the time on this podcast. It's been tremendously beneficial throughout different stages of my life and areas where I've needed help from eating disorders to new relationships to my ever-changing relationship with my family. Therapy has really helped me to set boundaries and prioritize my self-care. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash 2BG1R today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H E lp.com slash 2bg1r looks like um Uh black male masculinity like just brought a lot of conversation from a show that you as you said people would say reality tv's lowbrow but the impact it's making it's not exactly and also the people that watch it you know i think of us all as like cultural anthropologists Mm, mm -hmm. the same people who watch reality television shows like true crime documentaries they like cult documentaries yep 100 <laughs> percent. mean up all those <laughs> yeah we could ri- like i could riff about and you could riff about housewives yeah. or bachelor in paradise in the same way we could deep dive like a political documentary yeah absolutely because it's yeah it's social commentary on mm-hmm. i don't even want to say the simplest scale but in a very you're just watching it basically social commentary and getting to have your own as well while watching also like i just recorded an episode that was about it's about the terry schiavo case which was 20 years ago where this woman Mm -hmm. she this woman had went into cardiac arrest when she was 26 and she was put on life support essentially and Mm -hmm. she was like for 10 years you know kind of be like with a tube and and everything. Mm. And her family fought her husband in court because he wanted to disconnect the tubes because of her quality of life. And he said, she did not want to live a life like this. And they said, so it became this right to life debate. 
Mm-hmm. It's kind of great because it's 10 or 20 years later and we can go back and look at it. And now mm-hmm. that we're not so emotionally tied to it, like mm-hmm. in, the, in, in the throws of it, in you become time. so emotional and becomes a political wedge issue right? that you kind of don't have the same ability to be objective. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see so many more documentary series and documentaries about things that happened, mm. you know, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 years ago, years to, ago. Re, to relook at it, which is also interesting because different mm. generations looking at something. Like mm-hmm. how will younger generations view things like yeah. mm-hmm. George Floyd? Like were there going to be docuseries about that mm-hmm. 20, 25 years from now? Like mm-hmm. what is that generation going to say about what happened before and after? Right. Because yeah. we're also still emotionally charged by so it. So in it. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah. I'm excited for those. It's interesting when uh, you see a documentary that comes out on something that like just happened. It always like makes me so nervous. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think of, I had one, it was on the tip. Even like all the documentaries that came out about Epstein and like Ghislaine Maxwell, they were happening yes. while they the court case yes. was going on. Agreed. I'm like, have we reflected enough? Like, <laughs> We didn't, no. Right? Yeah. Oh, geez. Um, okay. Housewives Mount Rushmore. Okay. <laughs> it's a hard one because like it's always changing for me essentially for me what's important is that I like a housewife that I feel like completely um opens themselves up to the experience and they put everything out there for us Mm -hmm. and I think the two that do a very good job of that right now and I mean they're not filtering themselves Mm -hmm. even though they know that that may make them look stupid or get right. criticism, they're mm-hmm. like, this is authentically who I am. Right. I'm going to let it hang out. <laughs> I think Alexia, Real Housewives in Miami, and I think Garcelle. And when I say that, I mean mm-hmm. they're exposing all the facets of their life. All parts. Okay. Their marriages or dating life, their, the way they parent, how yep. they feel about friendships, their culture, their race, how, like, you know, feminism, all of those things right that i find compelling i feel Mm -hmm. like they do the best job of it Mm. right now right now by the way it could change in six months to a year (laughs) right (laughs) new seasons every two seconds would you um so justine she's a she's a tank top she's a huge jessel fan that same description you gave would you put jessel in that category i I actually interviewed her and i and i okay really loved her and i and i i i'm happy to say that a lot of people went I didn't really see things that way until you talked to her. And I think Mm -hmm. that's, for me, that's a frustrating disconnect is Mm. that these shows are really watched by women. Mm -hmm. And I think that women should be asking the questions because there are Mm. a lot of nuances that a man could not understand. And Jessel is an example of that. Mm. She got a lot of criticism the first two episodes because there was a conversation about her intimacy with her husband. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that was completely unfair. And so when you talk to her and she opens this conversation of postpartum yeah, and the reality of like fertility treatments right. and the bur- burden that it puts on your, your own mental state, your marriage, right. your physical self. Mm. And those are little nuances that a woman would understand and be able to pull out of you. Know how to ask. Yeah. And 
I guess sometimes with the housewife's face, I feel like this is such an important spot for us because women of a certain age are really not represented in scripted television. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're just not. Right. And lots of the conversations that happen on Real Housewives are really important and mm-hmm. create like really interesting opportunities for us to talk about um, marriages and children and race and culture and feminism and all those mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. And I think all too often um, we miss an opportunity to really u- use those women's um, lives and the stories that they bring forth to, to open up bigger conversations. Yeah. So I think I, I really like Jessel too. Jessel, yeah. Yeah, Justine and I talked about um, with New York, we didn't realize till like the end, probably the reunion, the theme of grief that was happening that no yeah. one was really talking about. Yeah. Bryn losing her grandma, Sign her mother, Jenna and her mother, like two, three months before filming. Um, that was kind of glossed over. So in the same sense of when you're talking about Jessel and her uh, fertility yeah. journey. To be and, hearing and about women it. women in grief. And women in grief. And women in grief. Because yeah. women are caretakers. And we often put mm. our own grief on the back burner. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then when we're able to access that, it's really even more painful. Yeah. Because you've kind of like had to put it away for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, okay. Do you have a reality show that you would call the most underrated? People aren't watching it. You wish they were. Um, either currently or, or currently, either currently or canceled. Okay, my favorite reality show of all time. Oh. Most people didn't even notice, but it was so absolutely hilarious. It was on Fox. It was called My Big Fat Obnoxious Fiance, and they had this couple, huh. and uh, her name was Randy, and his name was Steven, and they said, "Okay, here is your mission." you two have to convince your families that you're going to get married. We're going to bring your families here. And over the next week, we're going to get ready for the wedding. And you have to convince them that you're really in love with each other. And if you're able to do that at the wedding, you get a cash prize. You get money. I think I remember this. The guy was but an what, actor? Are they both actors? Oh, yes. But what okay. Randy doesn't know is Steven is an actor. So he's sabotaging it the whole week with his oh. family who are also actors <laughs> and I thought it was the absolute funniest thing I'd ever seen. <laughs> Dang, only one season. What? Yeah, it was so Dang good. Man. Oh, man, I need to do a re- find that somewhere on the interwebs and watch that one. Love that. Um, okay, I got distracted. Where am I? Um, do you have a, I mean, you watch a lot of TV, a lot of reality TV. Do you have a guilty pleasure? Something that you're, is there anything you're ashamed to say you're watching? Are you kind no. of watching the low, but nobody knows? <laughs> no, not at all. Because I think like, like I said, I just think it's like human behavior watching. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean, no, I, I don't really think that. I, I, I kind of, Good. I, I don't, I, I have some admiration for the people that are on reality shows because I think it would be enormously difficult to put yourself out there. But I also mm-hmm. worry about the people that put themselves out on TV. <laughs> At the same time, yeah. Because I don't know if a lot of people really put enough thought into the aftermath of it all and mm. what it requires. 
Mm -hmm. I think you really need to encircle yourself with people that really have your best interest at heart. Mm -hmm. I also think Mm -hmm. fame does quite a number on people. And suddenly they think that like, they're the most interesting person on the world in the world. And they're often very expendable. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's, it's a tough thing. I don't have any guilty pleasures. I would say I'm always excited to see the Kardashians because because I find their family dynamics to be endlessly interesting. Yeah, I I haven't watched Kardashians in forever. Obviously, I still know everything that's going on with right. them. But it's just, it's endless. They all have kids now. It just keeps, you know, it's nonstop. Um, on your, you said something before about uh, with, you know, your your concern for some reality stars not being prepared for the fame or not really knowing how to get a grasp on what's to come after they're on TV. Is there anyone that you um, are impressed by how they've handled or how they've been able to build a platform or brand um, and yeah, has been able to kind of catapult themselves? Anybody that comes to mind? Um, I really love Leva Bonaparte from Southern Charm. That's a snippet of this week's episode. For the full episode and bonus episodes and videos, join our amazing community on Patreon at patreon.com backslash two black girls, one rose. See you next week. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.